Georgia's DBHDD is warning all Georgians that half of all opioid deaths happen at home when people take an oxy or a perk with a glass of alcohol for stress or to sleep. Learn more about protecting families from opioid overdoses at opioidresponse.info. Welcome to the Georgia Today podcast from GPB News. Today is Monday, March 13th. I'm Peter Biello. On today's episode, Manuel Tehran's family says a second autopsy shows his hands were raised when he was shot by police. A plan to rename one of Georgia's most famous lakes is put on pause. And we'll tell how Dalton, Georgia was represented at last night's Oscars ceremony. These stories and more are coming up on this edition of Georgia Today. The family of activist Manuel Tehran says a second autopsy shows Tehran's hands were raised when they were shot and killed by the Georgia State Patrol in January. Attorney Brian Spears detailed the autopsy report. According to the autopsy, the wounds indicate that Manuel's left arm and hand were raised when Manuel was shot, with the palm facing the front of the body. Manuel's right forearm and right hand were also shot. The gunshot to the head would have killed them instantly, but probably, in the words of the report, not before they were able to raise their hands and arms in front of their body. Tehran was one of the activists camped on the site of the planned public safety training facility. It's been the subject of intense scrutiny ever since city leaders and the Atlanta Police Foundation began pushing to build the facility there. Proponents say it'll help modernize the police force and improve public safety. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation says Tehran fired on a Georgia State Patrol officer who was wounded in the incident. We do not stand here today telling you that we know what happened. This second autopsy is a snapshot of what happened, but it is not the whole story. What we want is simple. GBI, meet with the family and release the investigative report. Thank you. Jeff Philippotvis, another attorney hired by the family of 26-year-old Tehran, says the Georgia Bureau of Investigation has declined to meet with the family. The only people who know what happened in the forest that day are the officers who were present and the GBI who was investigating. The GBI has repeatedly declined to meet with us, to talk to us, or to present any evidence to us. In fact, They have also prevented the release of information by the city of Atlanta. After the city of Atlanta began releasing videos of the day they were clearing the forest, the city of Atlanta stopped. And the reason they stopped is because the GBI told them to. We have filed a lawsuit concerning the refusal of the city to provide records on an ongoing basis. GPB will continue to follow this ongoing story. At a rally on Saturday. Don't, don't, don't cut down the trees. What? Don't, don't, don't cut down the trees. Demonstrators met in a park and then marched through the neighborhood of East Atlanta Village to show their opposition for the planned public safety training center. In a video by activist group NDN Collective, rally participant Rukia Rogers of Atlanta said the center is a poor use of public money. Why do we justify spending $30 million to build the largest police um, training militarization or training facility when we have members of our community whose basic needs are not being met? 
City leaders and the Atlanta Police Foundation have been pushing to build the facility in the South River Forest. Proponents say it'll help modernize the police force and improve public safety. The rally, put on by the Wolani Coalition, came just hours after police searched an area in Atlanta's Lakewood neighborhood that had been serving as a clinic for demonstrators. Mark Lindsay was the only person arrested Saturday during the police search of the property in Lakewood. His violation? An old traffic ticket. He was released on bail. He says the police search on Saturday seemed, quote, vindictive. Police came in. They, they got everybody off the property before they did anything. Then they, they, they went in and they splashed all the tents. They kicked in my door. They broke windows on my brother's RV. Lindsay says everyone there had been peaceful. The Atlanta Police Department has not responded to a request for comment. Federal officials are pausing a proposal to rename George's Lake Lanier and Buford Dam, names that come from one-time Confederate soldiers. The pause comes in response to objections by some local residents and officials. Clyde Morris represents area businesses for the Lake Lanier Association. He says the soldiers, Sidney Lanier and Algernon Buford, are each known for something other than their time in the military. Lanier's name was chosen because of his poem, The Song of the Chattahoochee, and they named the dam after the city, not after the man. So it's a very distant and tenuous connection. Georgia Congressman Austin Scott says the commission that chose new names for U.S. military bases never intended to rename the lake and dam. The state Senate has given final passage to a bill that would require every public school to have an annual active shooter drill. Local school districts would be allowed but not required to let parents opt their children out of the drills, which Atlanta Democrat Elena Parent characterized as traumatizing. Research on active shooter drills shows that active shooter drills make students feel unsafe, scared, helpless, and sad, and that their efficacy is sadly questionable. Republicans compared the drills to fire drills and said everyone at a school needs to understand all emergency plans. The bill also would create a program for teachers to identify gang members. It now goes to Governor Brian Kemp for his signature. The National Weather Service has issued a freeze warning for tonight and a freeze watch for tomorrow night for much of north and central Georgia. Stephen Nelson, a meteorologist with the National Weather Service, spoke with GPB's Devin's Wald. So we've been spoiled with some warm weather the last few weeks, and uh, it's, we're actually coming into a, a period of time where we're having some below normal temperatures. Uh, low temperatures will get down into the mid-20s in spots uh, tonight and tomorrow night across north Georgia, maybe in the far north part of the state. It's definitely going to go below freezing, so we have a freeze watch out for tomorrow night and a freeze warning out for tonight. Is there anything people should sort of watch out for while those warnings and watches are in effect? Right. Yeah, this is mainly, uh, in this particular instance, since it's not going to be a real long duration, and it's it's more for the sensitive vegetation uh, with the recent warm weather. We had a really early spring, uh, and so plants uh, that are sensitive to freezes have bloomed a little early. So we wanted to highlight this particular freeze event a little bit more than normal. You know, those plants could, you know, be damaged. Um, if there's anything, you know, you have, that you can have the capability to protect, you can put some blankets on and so forth. Um, you're you're welcome to do that. So, uh, and as far as, like, pipes bursting, it's not like that at all. You know, those would be for more long-duration freeze events. We're mainly worried about the agricultural impacts. A growing number of people are caring for an aging loved one at home. But many of those caregivers can miss the signs when a loved one gets sick. GPB's Ellen Eldridge has more. That's especially difficult when a family member begins to decline physically or mentally. 
When that happens, caregivers need more support. Mary Caldwell is a gerontologist with Town Square Sandy Springs, an adult daycare center. She says something as common as an untreated infection can turn to sepsis and kill an elderly person. If there's dehydration going on, if there could be a UTI, UTI specifically do raise the uric acid levels and will affect behavior. UTIs are the most common type of bacterial infection in adults over age 65. For GPB News, I'm Ellen Eldridge. Dalton, Georgia was represented last night at the Oscars. According to the New York Times, the first ever champagne carpet was used last night. It came from our very own carpet capital of the world located in northwest Georgia. Event Carpet Pros, a California-based company, has manufactured the carpet for the Oscars for more than 20 years. The company's president, Steve Olive, told the Times the carpet is made in a three-week manufacturing process at a mill in Dalton before it's trucked across the country to L.A. After the Oscars, the carpet will be recycled, possibly transforming into wall insulation or carpet padding. And that's a wrap on today's edition of Georgia Today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please do subscribe to this podcast. We've got more news coming your way out of GPB's newsroom, and you won't want to miss any of it. If you've got feedback, let us know. Send it to us by email. The address is georgiatoday at gpb.org. And if you like this podcast, leave a review as that helps other people find it. I'm Peter Biello. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. 